We are in day three of the Takeaway Search for America's Greatest Innovation. If you haven't voted yet, what are you waiting for? Visit thetakeaway.org slash innovation. There are nine American inventions to choose from, or you can nominate your very own. Today, it's all about staying cool. Hi, this is Kirk Johnson. I'm a scientist, author, and director of the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History. And I actually have friends who... uh claim they don't like air conditioning. They're right. I mean, when you think about what is air conditioning, it's just a definite solution to a problem. (laughs) The reason I love the air conditioner is because temperature and humidity control are crucial in the preservation of priceless artifacts, natural history specimens, and works of art. That belongs in a museum. Here at the National Museum of Natural History, we have a huge number of delicate objects that would be in really bad shape without temperature control. 30 million insects carefully pinned into tiny boxes. Four and a half million plants pressed onto sheets of paper. Two million cultural artifacts, including 400,000 photographs. As the most visited natural history museum in the world, we understand the cultural need to preserve our past. The man we have to thank for air conditioning, and therefore climate control, was an engineer named Willis Carrier. Just like us here at the museum, Willis was interested in more than just keeping cool. As a young man in 1902, he was hired by a printing shop in Brooklyn. The print shop had a problem. During the humid summer months, there was no way to keep the ink from smearing before it dried. Young Willis discovered he could solve this problem by dehumidifying the air, which also made it cooler. So much so that everyone in the print shop loved it. Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. All right. By the middle of the 20th century, air conditioning had transformed American life and allowed museums like ours to preserve countless delicate specimens and artifacts. So if you know what is cool, and I think that you do, you'll vote for the air conditioner as America's greatest innovation. So Kirk Johnson makes his case there, but what do you think is America's greatest innovation? Visit thetakeaway.org slash innovation to formally nominate an invention for this challenge or vote for one you've heard on the show already. Again, that's thetakeaway.org slash innovation. So make your voice heard. According to our next guest, the air conditioner also remade our electoral landscape and paved the way for a new brand of conservatism and a new kind of Republican candidate. I believe we can embark on a new age of reform in this country and an era of national renewal. Of course, President Ronald Reagan there on the eve of his first presidential election back in 1980. Stephen Johnson writes about the air conditioner and the advent of Ronald Reagan in his book, How We Got to Now, Six Innovations That Made the Modern World, which is also a TV series. And he joins me now. Hi, Stephen. Uh, It's great to be here. So you're going to make the case that the advent of the air conditioner helped create Ronald Reagan. And we'll get to that. But tell me, what did politics in America look like before air conditioning? Well, the big thing is that you just didn't have that many people in the southern states, what we now call the Sun Belt. They weren't that populated. Uh, there, were, there were only a million people in, in Florida in, in 1920. Um, you know, there was no one in Las Vegas, almost no one in Arizona. And these these places just were really... Hostile places to live. Uh, you know, they were incredibly hot. They were some of them were incredibly humid, and so most of the population was was based in the more temperate states or in the, in the Northeast because it was just really difficult to live there. And air conditioning changed all that. 
So air conditioning comes along, invented, by the way, to cool the ink in hot printing press rooms so that it wouldn't run down the page uh, in places like Brooklyn and New York during the summer. But then people get it in their homes, and now I take it they can they can consider living in a place like Jacksonville, Florida, or Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, basically, for about 40 years after air conditioning was invented, Americans would have experienced it just in you know movie theaters and some office buildings. It was not something that was in the home. And then right after World War II, the, the first window units uh, appear, and shortly after that, you have kind of central air designed uh, into homes. And almost immediately, it triggers the largest migration of human beings in the history of the United States. All of these people who apparently always wanted to live in Scottsdale, <laughs> but just couldn't do it because it was 105 degrees during the day, suddenly moved to Scottsdale, or they moved to Dallas, or they moved to Houston, or they moved to Miami. Well, it, comp- and- it completely makes sense that people moved because they could sit inside and not melt. That makes sense. But air conditioning doesn't select for conservatives, of course. So how does this mass migration translate to a new Southern conservatism that Ronald Reagan was able to take advantage of? The a huge number of the people moving south are older, more conservative because they're older, they're retirees. So it's the idea now of like retiring in the desert or retiring in Florida, um, which didn't, you know, you didn't want to be 80 years old and sit around in 100 degree weather. But if it could always be 69 and, and you know, no humidity, that was a delightful place to, to spend your final years. And so the, the population grows and grows older and more politically conservative because of that age. And there is a 29-vote swing in the Electoral College in the space of about 20 years from the north to the south. So suddenly there is this what came to be called the Sunbelt Coalition of older, more conservative voters who now have a disproportionate sway in the Electoral College. As all these older, retired, conservative people moved further south, Republican strategy changed and largely was to capture Christian politics, which in many ways had sat out of the national debate and sort of co-opt evangelical voters and evangelical values into the Republican Party. That was a big part of it, too. Exactly. And if you look at, you know, most of the maps of presidential races, the South was really a a Democratic stronghold. It's the opposite of uh, of the way it was, um, you know, has been for the last 30 years or so. And it was really the influx of these new people and these new strategies that suddenly create this idea that the South now can be a base to the Republicans. And what's interesting is and, – and that becomes a Sunbelt coalition. That becomes a central part of the political strategy that brings Ronald Reagan to the White House in 1980. And there are a lot of factors, obviously, that led to Reagan's presidency. But you can make the argument that – I think you can make a very convincing argument that without air conditioning – it's possible that Reagan would have been elected in 1980, but he would have needed a different political coalition. He would have needed a different political strategy. And so you can't tell the story of how Reagan came to office without including air conditioning in that story. And now, Stephen Johnson, of course, we're telling a different story in the South. Other demographic changes can push the other way. We have political scientists and demographers warning us that the rising populations of minorities in Georgia is about to flip it democratic. So what's the GOP to do? Crank down the air conditioning or? <laughs> exactly. Yes, we need, we need to somehow undo this, this transformation. But actually, you know, the, I think the big story with air conditioning is what's happening on a global level, because what you're also seeing is some of the largest mega cities in the world, some of the fastest growing urban areas on, on the planet are all in 
uh, tropical or semi-tropical areas area, or desert areas where no one lived uh, and no one could think about living 50 years ago. And air conditioning has kind of opened the door for those settlements. So here you have this technology that was originally designed to, you know, just make the room a little nicer to sit in and, you know, cool the air, take the humidity out of the air. And now it is constantly triggering changes in human settlement pattern, patterns that are so profound, they're visible from space. I mean, I think that's a pretty amazing thing. How air conditioning causes human migration, how human migration causes changes in politics, how changes in politics give us new president, Stephen Johnson, author of How We Got to Now, Six Innovations That Made the Modern World. Thanks so much, Stephen. Yeah, my pleasure.